Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. How's everybody doing? Doing all right? A couple of y'all. Some of y'all still getting there. That's all right. I saw a couple of you head out and get a little top off on your coffee. It ain't going to be that bad. I'm going I'm to bring it today. Y'all better watch out. You ain't going to need no coffee today. I'm kidding. Hey, welcome to Renew Life Church. My name's Keith. I'm the campus pastor here. Uh, we're so glad all of you are here today. If it's your first time, I just want to welcome you to this place and and I hope you just I hope you feel God. I hope that He ministers to you today. I hope that you hear the Holy Spirit today. And um, you know, I, I hope, yeah, I, I hope that you just get a little bit of Jesus. You know, anybody need some Jesus today? Uh, just, just to have some fun. Any of your spouses just need a little bit of Jesus today? <laughs> I just wanted to start a little, a little fight before we even get to lunch today. Just get it going. Let's spark you up a little bit, all right? <clears throat> um, today's going to be a little bit more of a, I think, just a, a little bit more conversational. And I, I want to hop around to, to a, a couple of different things and so it's not a, a nice and pretty and tidy message today, and uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. So uh, I want to I wanna start off by, by reading two scriptures to you and kind of talking about those, and then we'll kind of launch from there. So if you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 25. <clears throat> We're going to be reading a parable that, that, that Jesus, that he talked about when he was talking about the kingdom of heven. Um, you've probably heard it before, but we're going to read it all together. It's about verses 1 through 13, Matthew chapter 25. It says, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Notice that. Five were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. So the five that didn't have enough turned to the ones who brought extra and said, Hey, you got a little extra oil you can give me. The others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. That was a nice way of saying, get your own oil. (laughs) Verse 10, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too, talking to us now, Jesus talking to us, he says, so you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, a very short scripture, you've heard it before, says this, it says, do not quench the Spirit. Capital S, talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, do not quench the Spirit. The Spirit. What's interesting about uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, this word quench, it means to, 
to snuff out. If you were to picture a flame that gets put out or gets put underwater or is drowned, that is what this word actually means. It means to put out this fire. What's interesting is this word quench actually is the same word, that that same word is used in this parable. When it talks about the foolish ones and it talks about them running out of oil, it means their flame was being quenched. <clears throat> you know, if you've, if you've been around for the last couple of months, uh, here in the last month, I've been preaching a series on hunger. I've been talking to you about spiritual hunger, reigniting your hunger. And can I just say this? God is looking for hungry people. God moves on spiritually hungry people. If I could say it this way, God is looking for people who have enough oil. God is looking for people whose, whose lamp is full of oil. He's looking for people who have not quenched the spirit, who have not put out that fire on the inside of them. I believe God moves on hungry people, that he responds to hungry people. I want to be a hungry person. You know, just like you, you, you have hunger physically, you know, you spiritually you should have that same hunger. There's something on the inside of you that wants to be fed. Someone say amen. The spiritual side of you that it needs to get something to eat. And I believe that God is actually, even, even in this parable, Jesus is trying to let us know, I am coming back for hungry people. I know that may seem a little bit weighty, but that's okay because Jesus said it. Can I just say it? I'm going to say it over here. Y'all okay over here? Jesus is coming back for hungry people. He says he's coming back, and he asks this question in Scripture. It says, when I come back, will I find faith? You know what faith is? Hunger. It's a people who are believing God, who are going after God, who are going after the things of God, who are participating in the kingdom of God. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's the Jesus freaks. Come on, I know some of you 90s babies grew up to Jesus freak. <clears throat> he, that, that's what he's coming back for. That's what he's going to be looking for. I want to ask you today, are you still hungry? Are you hungry for a move of God? Are you hungry for revival in our city? Are you hungry for miracles to break out in this place? Are you hungry for your kids to grow up and see amazing, crazy things? Like, like are, are you hungry? Some of you have been living in this town for a long time and you've been praying for a move of God. I got good news for you. One's coming. One's coming. But we have to, we have to be hungry. We have to stay hungry for it. I, uh, <clears throat> there's going to be a little bit of a prophetic edge to, to this message today uh, because I, I actually believe, actually truly believe this. Uh, as I've been preaching this series on hunger, I've just, I've almost felt like it was, it was off a little bit. It was out of timing and that it was too early. I'm like, all right, Lord, well, if it's too early, give me something else. And he didn't give me anything else. I'm like, well, I'm just going to preach it even if it's early. <laughs> And I just felt like it was like, okay, what, what is this? I actually don't think that it's early. I actually think it's, it's preparation. And I need you to hear me say this. 
in this next season, it won't be okay for you to be complacent. It won't be okay for you to be apathetic. You will miss out. Thanks for the encouraging word, Pastor. I don't believe evil will come upon you because we, we, we're in relationship with a good God. I believe his grace and his mercy is all sufficient. But hear me today. We have to learn as believers to recognize the signs of the times. We have to learn how to recognize the seasons that we, were, we are in. And I feel that as we move into the fall and as we get out of summer and we're kind of in this transitional period where we're like, I still, I, I'm, I'm the world's worst. Let me just, I want to hang out in summer as long as I can. It takes me four weeks to, to come back from vacation. When, I'm, when, I get, when I get back, I'm like, I ain't back. You think I'm back, I ain't back. This next season, I believe the Lord is giving us tools to be hungry. I believe he's given us tools to start to stir this thing up and wake up this hunger so that by the time that it matters, you're already hungry because you will get something out of this next season if you'll be hungry. If you stay spiritually blah, you won't. You got to figure out a way to get out of the blah. I'm trying to preach good enough messages to help you. To get out of that block, like, like, it's interesting, I, uh, I didn't plan on saying this, but I, as I preached my first message in this series, I told our, our uh, media team, I said, hey, when you put this on the podcast, I actually want you to title it, Reignite Your Hunger, but I want you to put this little sub, sub line in there, and um, it was, it's the answer to spiritual dullness. And I actually, I'm, I wanted to measure, I wanted to measure if this would catch people's attention. Now, as you can imagine, thousands and thousands of people listen to my messages. And um, no, it's usually about 30, okay? So, um, so but it was, what was interesting is that that message, just that title, um, I think it got, it's, it's gotten close to about 95 plays. Up, what is that, 200% or whatever? It's like, yeah, it's first service. We ain't doing math right now. Which tells me something. We as Christians struggle with being spiritually dull. Let's just be honest today. It happens, doesn't it? <clears throat> we need to be ready. We need to be ready. I want to kind of go back into one, one quick thing, and then I'm going to jump to today's message. But I want to recap something that I, that I said a couple of weeks ago. Um, one of the ways that we reignite our hunger, and if you haven't written this down or you haven't done this yet, I really encourage you. One of the ways that we reignite our hunger is that we have to find vision for our life and for our relationship with God. Would you just, just look at your neighbor today and say, find your vision. We've got, to, we've got to learn as Christians. We've got to learn as believers. We have to find vision for our life. We have to find vision for our relationship with God. And let me just take off the stereotypical thought of what vision is. It doesn't have to be some big thing. It doesn't have to be your destiny. It doesn't have to be what you're supposed to do with the rest of your life. You know what vision can look like for your life? I need to read my Bible more consistently. Vision for your life looks like I'm going to get up this month and I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier than I usually get up and I'm going to spend it with God. Vision for your life looks like, you know what, I've always wondered what my spiritual gift is. I'm going to do all the digging that I can do to learn what my spiritual gift is. 
vision, find some vision for your relationship with God. I feel the anointing right now. He's on this. You've got to find vision. Why? Because vision keeps you on the straight and narrow. Vision gives you something to go for. Vision gives you passion. You know what vision leads to? It leads to hunger. I'm going at, man, I got, I got some vision for my life. Can I just say this? It's better to have the wrong vision than no vision. Learned this a long time ago about God. God works with our movement. He does not work with our staleness. What happens to water when it, when it, gets, when it doesn't move? It gets nasty. It's not healthy. See, when we move, you know what God can work with? He works with movement. Because if you'll just move, if you even move in the wrong direction, he'll be like, turn around. Turn around, dummy. It's okay. No, he won't call you a dummy. I'm just joking. Just want to make sure you're awake. He'll say, hey, son, unbelievable try. You missed it. (laughs) Nice try, dude. Turn around. Walk the other way. But see, here's the thing. If I'm walking this way, if, if, if he tells me that I'm, that I'm going the wrong way, guess what? I now know the right way. If I stay here, I stay stuck in never knowing. Where am I going? I got to take a step of faith. He will honor our faith. That was for free today. We have to find vision. It will reignite our hunger. Today, I'm, I, uh, I want to conclude conclude this, and I'll say one last thing. I want to encourage you, um, spend some time this week, and I want you just to get close to God. And I want you to, I want to, I want you to ask him what he would say over your life. I even, even, let's just keep it real simple. Ask him just to give you one word for this next season. Lord, what's a word that you might, and he might give you a picture, and that picture might lead to a word. Let's let him talk. Here's, the, here's what I know. He knows exactly what you need right now. Oh, he knows better than you do. He knows exactly what you need. Let him give you something to bring vision to your life. Amen? Today I'm going to conclude this, this message on Reignite Your Hunger. I want to title the message, Wake Up Your Hunger. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you that we are sheep and we hear the shepherd's voice and a stranger's voice. We don't follow. We do hear you, God. We hear your voice loud and clear. I even pray right now that you would open up our spiritual ears to hear everything that you're saying, all the direction that you're pointing us to. Yeah, and we just we have a receptive heart today in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. <clears throat> um, anyone in here besides me ever needed someone to come alongside them and stir them up a little bit? Anybody ever needed someone to come and wake them up? Just to light a little fire under your tail end and say, hey, come on, bud. Let's go. You, you, you need to get going again. We, we, we know what this is actually like. We've, we experience this naturally um, where, you know, sometimes we need to, to get it going when it comes to our fitness and our exercise. And some of us need to stop going. We need to, we need to <laughs> when, it, when it comes to maybe our nutrition, I'll use that word. It's like, you, you, don't, you need to actually calm down. Stop eating what you're eating. You need someone to say, hey, bro, but calm down now. Calm down. Or, or uh, sometimes we just, need to, we just need someone to come and stir us up when it, when it comes to parenting and in and, uh, and, and, and our job. And it's like, man, we, we get down here and there. Spiritually, we all know what this is like. 
I, um, I remember just in the natural sense for me, uh, when, when I was in college and I was playing football, one of the things that I struggled with was um, I would start really, really slow. I played quarterback, and so you, uh, just, just coming out in that first quarter, it really took me a long time to kind of get going and to get in the flow. I would just come out kind of dead, come out kind of slow. I'd get real nervous before games, which didn't help, and I just, I, I couldn't, but once I got going, man, I could, let it, I could let it go. I'd get on fire and get on a roll, but man, it was like pushing me through mud to get me going. And so my quarterback coach at the time, many of you know the, the name Ryan Leaf. He was, my, uh, he was my quarterback coach in college for a little bit. Um, really cool guy. I love him. And he, uh, what he started to do is he would take me out onto the practice field, and he would run routes for me before warm-ups ever started. This was the warm-up to the warm-up. This is how slow I, slow I was. It was a warm-up to the warm-up. And he would come out, he'd put his receiver gloves on, and he would run every single route two times. I would throw the, every single route two times, and, and I would be drenched in sweat before we even ever got to the warm-ups. Why did we do that? Because I needed something to stir me up. I needed something to get me going. I needed to, I needed to be ready when the game came. When the whistle blew, I needed to be ready. Can I just say this? When Jesus comes back, you need to be ready. We need to find ways to stir up our hunger, to wake up our hunger. It's important that if we're slow starters, we find something that puts oil back in our lamp. We find something that, that, that when, it, when that flame is about to go out, something comes along and gives it a little oxygen. That we have things that stir us up. Look at your neighbor and say, get stirred up. <laughs> we got to wake up our hunger. You know, one of the things that, <clears throat> one of the ways, this is really what I want to talk to you about today. One of the ways that I believe, one of the best ways that we can stir ourselves up, that we can light a fire that we can get ourselves going spiritually is by doing one thing, worship. Worship, thankfulness, gratefulness is, is one of the best things that you can do for your soul to stir yourself up. You know what worship actually does? Worship puts oil in your lamp. Worship gets that fire going again. Thankfulness, gratefulness. Let, let me just say this. Many of us, when, when, I, when you hear the word worship, you, look, you, you think this. You think instruments. You think, the, the, for us, the 45 minutes of worship, most places it's 20, the 45 minutes of worship here. Like That's what you think about when, when, when I say the word worship. Worship is so much more than that. I'm talking about you and God in your thankfulness out of your heart towards him. That there's gratefulness on the inside of you. That there's thanksgiving resting in your soul and in your heart. When you think about God, you are thankful. When you get over into these places of thankfulness, when you get over into these places of worship, you know what's actually, what, what actually happens? God actually begins to stir you up. 
It's like the coach that drags you onto the field and says it's time to get going. You might, you might say, well, isn't worship all about him? Absolutely, it's all about him. But you can't outgive God. You can't outlove God. As much as you love him, he loves you way more. As much as you go to him, he comes to you. What does scripture say? When we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Here's, here, here's what I'm trying to say. When you worship and you get your focus off of yourself onto him, you still get something because he's good. And what he does is he stirs you up. We see this, you know the scripture, Psalms 103, David taught us this. <clears throat> we see in just his personal kind of journal entry to the Lord. You know, notice what he says in Psalms 103. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. What is David actually doing? He's talking to himself. He's talking to himself. Let's put it in, in, in our language today. Hey, soul, bless God. Hey, soul, I know you don't feel like it. Come on. We just sang it. Come on, my soul. Don't you get tired on me. Come on, soul. It's time for you to bless. And look at where he goes from there. He goes, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on, someone say amen. Come on, soul. Bless the Lord, soul. Bless him. Worship him. There is nothing that you can do better for your soul than to command it to worship. Than to command it to be thankful. You know, I think one of the reasons we aren't hungry for God is because we've actually just forgotten the joy and the privilege of worship and thankfulness. We just forget it. You know, you know why we forget it? Because life stinks sometimes. And life, you know what life will do? Life will come in and it will disappoint you. You will, here's what living a life of faith even looks like. You'll believe for something and not get it. Sorry for the sarcasm today. Well, actually, like, you, you, when you live a life of faith, there are some, some things that just don't work out. There are some things that you believe for that just haven't happened yet. There are some things that you're believing for that may not ever happen. But you're going after it and you're risking it and you have faith in God. And not, not only that, you just have things that happen in your life. Things that happen to the people in your life. The relationships. In your, like things just happen. Now I want you to hear me really close today. If you're not careful... You'll let disappointment, you'll let offense, you'll let anger get into your soul. And guess what it will do? It will rob your hunger for God. It'll steal it. It'll eat up your soul. You know what I love about worship? Worship always reminds me of how good God is. Worship, when you, when you begin to worship, it starts to push the, the, the junk out. 
It starts to push the negativity out. It starts to push the cynicism out. It starts to push the disappointment out. It starts to push the anger that you have towards him out. Worship fills us up. Worship stirs us up. Come on, my soul, it's time to worship. I know you don't feel like it. I know you're mad. I know you, you don't even have any faith right now. Why don't you just start worshiping? Because if you'll start worshiping, you'll get stirred up and stirred up. And then sooner or later, you'll start believing. You'll start having faith again. You'll start having trust again. Come on, soul, you need a little bit of oil. This is the beauty of worship. Remind us of how good he is. And can I just say this? You'll never be hungry for someone that you don't think is good. We, sometimes we just lose sight of how good he is. His goodness, you know, what, you know what leads all men to repentance? Goodness, his goodness. Not the fear of hell. I mean, it's got a little pull, but better than that, his goodness. It's his goodness that leads to repentance. It's his goodness that makes us hungry. I remember this kind of a personal story. Um, this was 2014 or 15. I can't, I can't remember. The, again, it's too early to do math. Um, but I remember... Uh, me and Natalie, when we had Jackson, we, we got pregnant super fast. And uh, then we wanted to have our second kid, and it took us a, a lot longer to get pregnant. And um, it, it ended up being right at a year. And I know there's people who have waited way longer than that. Um, but, you know, it, it actually doesn't matter whenever you're waiting for a promise from God. Um, one, sometimes one week is a really long time. And it was, and it was this, it was just this time where we were pressing into God, we were believing God. Uh, we didn't really know all that was going on, um, but we were just really, really believing. But if you've ever been on this journey before, um, it can be very, very depressing. It can be very, very discouraging because every month you're waiting around, and then it's like, oh, not this month. And then you try again, and it's like, oh, it's not this one. And, and, it, and it's just constant faith. Up, down, up, down. Have you ever been in that place with anything? You can relate. Your hope starts to get away from you. Your faith starts to dwindle. And I remember we were right in the middle of this, and there was this song by Elevation Worship. And I just knew when we were singing this song, that we, we were declaring over um, our next child, over Natalie, our, our bodies, like we were declaring over this issue. And um, I actually want to read the song to you today. Uh, I, I looked it up. I couldn't, I was trying to remember what was, what was the lyrics. And I was like, Elevation Worship 2014. Started to scroll. I'm like, oh, there it is. Bringing me back. I'm going to do my best not to sing it, all right, as I read it. No, I ain't singing it. Stop, Vicky. Don't, don't, don't encourage me. I already believe I'm the, the next American Idol, and I am not. But there's something on the inside of me that says, oh, maybe you could be. All right. <clears throat> Too old. I can't even try out anymore, right? 
But man, these lyrics, this worship just so stood out to me. It says, when the weight of the world begins to fall, on the name of Jesus I will call. For I know my God is in control and his purpose is unshakable. And here were the two lines that got us. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be in your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear, for your love has set me free. My hope will always be in your promises to me. Doesn't matter what I feel. Doesn't matter what I see. You know what happened in that moment? Worship became my weapon. Worship gave me hope again. Worship gave me a little bit of the faith that I was missing. That, that song and those lyrics and that music and that melody just began to fill up my soul. And I began to declare the word of God. I began to get disappointment out, anger out, just uh, complacency out. What did it? I got stirred up. Worship stirred me up. And it reignited my hunger again. It reignited that hunger for that vision. It reignited that hunger for that promise. I just want to ask you today, <clears throat> um, have you lost your worship? Have you lost your worship? Have you lost a little bit of thankfulness? You know what? There's a lot to do. There's a lot to concentrate on. There's a lot of things even in, I've talked about this before, like, man, there's a lot in the word and what things we're going to go after. Hey, no condemnation, no shame. If you lost your worship, you lost your thankfulness, just repent. You know what repent means? It doesn't mean to feel bad for what you did. It means to change the way you think. Turn the other way. All right, I'm going to get my thankfulness back. I'm going to get my worship back. If you've been feeling complacent, if you've been, been feeling apathetic, Guess what? Ain't nothing going to stir you up more than to get over into some worship. Some thankfulness. Being grateful again. Lord, I thank you that I have a roof over my head. I thank you that I have an amazing church to go to. I thank you that my kids are healthy. They annoy me, but gosh, they're cute. Lord, I thank you that I have good friends. Lord, I thank you that I get to eat good food. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, what do you, you can be thankful for so much. This is what worship does. It gets, it changes your perspective. It says, hey, stop looking down here and start looking up here. You say, well, I don't have any of those things you just said. Well, guess what? I got really, really good news for you. You got a real big mansion when you leave this place. You got some gold to walk on. You got a place in Jesus Christ. I got really good news for you. If you believe in Jesus, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, pleading and, 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 and encouraging and talking about you to God. Saying, look at my son. He's so righteous. Look at my daughter. She's so pure. Yeah, they mess up a little bit, but God, you, you can't even see that because my blood covers it. 
What are you going to do with him? God, let's talk about what we're going to do with Jordan Coleman. What are we going to do with him? Look what he's going to do. Look at the impact he's going to make. You hear me? Look at the people he's going to touch. Look at the people he's going to minister to, God. He's going to do it. Watch him. Watch him. Watch him, God. Look at Ashley. Look at the call of God on her life. Look, I'm going to use her in a big way. In a big way. Love on people. Welcome people. Look at Roger. Roger's a gangster, God. He's crazy, crazy for you. Watch what I'm about to do with him. Look at Blake. He's so much more than his good looks, God. He's pretty good looking, I'm not going to lie. He's, I'm just trying to tell you, you got something to be thankful for. something to be grateful for. Come on, let's just tap into that for just a moment. Would you close your eyes? Yeah, lift your hands to the Lord right now. Just lift your hands up to him out of just worship. Just thank him. Come on, let him stir you up. Let him stir you up. Just begin to put thankfulness on your lips. Just begin to tell him how grateful you are. Reignite our hunger, God. Reignite our hunger, God. We're so thankful. <laughs> We're so thankful. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Thank you that you died on the cross for our sins. We thank you that we're the beloved. We thank you that we're forgiven. We thank you that we're seated in heavenly places with you. We thank you that you have a plan for our life, a plan to prosper us and not to harm us, a plan to give us a hope and to give us a future. We all got a future in you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, worship him right now. Be grateful. Be thankful. Tell him thank you. Thank you, God. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.